grab a beer. We'll put college football in your ear. Let's rock and roll. I got mine. Hey there, Big Ten backers. We are live again with a big-ass dump truck style show for you. You're never going to guess what we're going to talk about today. None other than no one knows about this yet. Jim Harbaugh has made it in the news once again, and we're going to talk about it today. So hit those likes, hit those shares, comment. We'll get back to you after each segment. We got some more Jim Harbaugh news. We've been talking about him for months. Let's talk about him some more. The man wins a national title, and it's time to move on, right? Riding off into the sunset. The big question right now is why? Why did he move? Did he bitch out to avoid the NCAA? Did he accomplish his goals and be like, yo, I'm moving on. I want a Super Bowl now. I got my national title. I got Michigan where they needed to be. No, I think he's pulling a Pete Carroll. He's riding off into the NFL and he's going to leave Michigan the scraps. The cool thing about this, though, is Jimmy from Jimmy's vantage point, he's a Michigan legend no matter what happens. No matter how people take it, he's a Michigan legend. Three consecutive outright Big Ten titles beating Ohio State three times in a row, and a national title, man. Riding off into the sunset. Now, on the downside, someone gets left with that shitstorm. The NCAA is going to hand that out, and this summer is going to be disaster mode. The roster was built like a rock. Now, it's left a little limp. Possible, uh, the DC, Jesse Mentor, he might be going with them. He uh, was built by the Ravens defense and got the Michigan defense looking like the Ravens defense, number one in the nation. He's taking his talents to L.A. It's almost a etched in stone thing at this at this point. Possible the strength and conditioning quarter coordinator Ben Herbert may be gone. That's just rumor right now. Um, but of course, what type of Big Ten coach doesn't take his son along with him for the ride too? You know, Jay Harbaugh. Maybe going as special teams coordinator. But mentors there for sure. The big question is who is going to be better? Who's got it better than us, huh? Who's got it better? We'll show you. Better than Jim Harbaugh's riding off into the sunset, and that sunset is in California. The sun sets on the West Coast, baby. What you got on this, Jamie? Yeah, no, we we talked about this. I mean, it feels like old news at this point. We all we all knew this was coming. We said the Chargers were the team that he was most likely to go to. That the Falcons, you know, that's a ploy to drive the price up for the Chargers, and he got his money over there at the Chargers. I think this was bound to happen. They won They won the championship. He's been shopping for years. Yeah, I think there's a lot of contributing factors here. You say he's running off in the sunset, avoiding the, the penalties, everything coming like Pete Carroll did. But I think this was bound to happen with him winning that championship. He did what he needed to do at the college level. His ultimate goal is to win at the college level and win at the pros because that would be something – that he can hang over his brother. He he lost to him in the Super Bowl when he coached the, the Niners. His goal to bring that championship back to San Diego, which is one of the destinations he played quarterback at. You talk about AJ and I talked about this offline is how he goes for the team, you know, brings that that title home for Michigan. If he can go bring that 
that championship home for San Diego, man, he'd be a hell of a legend. He's already built that resume. I think this is the right time for all of the reasons. It's the right team, the right time to get out of Dodge. I think that Michigan is set up for failure at this point with the sanctions to come possibly, but regardless, that team's not the same team as it was, and he hit the pinnacle, beating Ohio State three times, winning it, winning the Big Ten, and finally winning that championship. I and think Jim dodging a Dodging a historical possible Ohio State team with the roster they're bringing back. Yeah, this was the time to get out of there. He left on the highest note. This was it. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll go in a little bit, man. Like, this is a great hire for the Chargers. They got their man. This dude was a hell of an NFL coach. He almost won a Super Bowl against his brother, who you just talked about. He's 44 and 19 and 1 in the NFL. Now, he's six and seven in the playoffs, but the playoffs, man, that 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 ain't an easy road. Six and seven is not you easy. You talking kidding. playoffs? We're talking pl- playoffs. Yeah, we're talking playoffs. Great hire by the Chargers, man. I think it's a home run hire for them. You can tell, you can look at his culture. He built up Michigan, man. It's tough. He's a tough. Nose coach, he has nothing but tough players. All these Buckeye guys walking around with their worried about their swag and what they're wearing and what their cleats say, while Michigan's putting trophies in the in the case, man. And that, and that's the difference in culture. And I think he's going to take that culture to the Chargers. Like I said, great hire. But to me, man, he he did what he came to do. He came in, he came to Michigan, he got those three wins, he got the national title. It's time to move on. It's time. To go get that Super Bowl win. It's time to put him put himself on the Pete Carroll type pedestal where he's not only winning in the NFL, he won in college. Like he wants to do both. You can say it's the sanctions. Maybe that played a part, but I think it was time, man. He's been flirting with the NFL every year. You could tell he had a dream for it. This is where he wanted to be. And why not the Chargers, man? Like he can come in and win instantly. That's a that's a good team that he's taken over too. They're, I mean, they they have some things they need to kind of fix up. And I bet he's got a damn good division to face. That's the problem. Yeah. But they got some players on that team, man. Like that's a good team to take over. They, they are due for a great coach. I mean, Justin Herbert alone is due for a great coach. He had a, a carousel of coaches there at Oregon. And as an Oregon fan, I love this hire. Not only is it going to weaken the Wolverines, but it's going to help our favorite QB in the NFL and Justin Herbert that he can finally have some consistency. Uh, it, and I'm excited to see what that brings for him. As he's a very talented quarterback. It's a very talented offense, you know, that they have there. But just bringing in Harbaugh is going to bring that consistency, that leadership. I just hope he doesn't get in over his head as trying to be the GM as well and all these things. I hope he sticks to coaching, and I think he can do great things for the Chargers. Yeah, hopefully he just well, he doesn't sh- rub the the staff wrong. That's what he did wrong in San Francisco. He got yeah. ran out of town because he's he's a hard he's a hard headed dude, which is it's good and bad. There's yeah. good and bad in being a hard headed dude. Well, he's shown he can come into a program with his pants around its ankles and pull him up and get to the national title, man. So hey, he can he, do it. Is he going to be on the practice field with his shirt off? <laughs> Hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> like, I miss these days. <laughs> but he man, he, cha- he kind of changed college football. He did the satellite camps. Like, he's out there running around. Uh, Who's going to have a slumber party with me now? Yeah. Now, question for you guys and the chat. Got a question for you. Is this more of Jim Hardball wanting to be in the NFL, or is this more running away from the sanctions? Hit us in the chat, let us know. And then, Jamie, what you got, man? Is he running from the sanctions? Is he running because the team hated naturally, or is he just wanting to be there? 
I think that, and, it, and I'm, I'm going to bullshit this answer here. I, I think that it's both, but more so, I do believe it was time for the NFL. It was finally time winning that. He's been, like you said, he's flirted every year. Is Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL? He won it finally. It's time to move on. He got his team there. Perfect season. It was time. Sanctions definitely helped, but it was it was more so just the timing. It kind of yeah, reminds me of more LeBron, just, man. It was more just the straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, he wanted to be there. Now he's got the title. The sanctions are coming too, so it's like, why not? There's there's no reason not to bolt. And I don't disrespect him for it. I mean, I would do the same thing if I were him. Get the hell out of Dodge, man. I would too. So what do you think? Do you, you think he's going to be successful at the Chargers? I I don't have yeah, any reason I mean, to doubt I, man. History says really yes. He said it was was the division, man. That division is is a tough History one. says yes. He'll find a way. I believe in it. All right, another question for you guys. We'll hit, we'll get into this next part. Where does and he has to go? cheat to do it, he'll do it. <laughs> he'll find a way. Guess what, man? They're always still in signs of the NFL. It's it's common practice there. Go mm. for it. Yeah, have at it. But anyways, where does Ann Arbor go to find her next man at Michigan? What do you think? Do you know where? Yeah, no, I uh, I kind of want to hit on that last thing real quick. Though you talk about stealing signs, I don't know if he's going to be successful because you know the coach talks to the quarterback. It's really hard to steal the sign there, so I don't know if he'll mm-hmm. be as successful. But that, he's going to get a lip. He's going to get himself a lip reading. Oh yeah, he's going to find a way. Connor Stallion's already on the staff, rumored, but I, I think it's true. <laughs> But who are we going with first? It's the obvious, obvious answer. Sharon Moore. That's where that's where it's going. That's the only way to keep some of this alive. You look at it, what what's at risk here. You look at Alabama, Washington. What happened? These coaches switch. They're gone. You have to go for the man who's already done it. Who's coached six games undefeated uh, when stepping in there. He's the guy. He's going to save your current team. He's going to save the recruits coming in and he's going to help keep what's happening afloat. And who wants to step into that dumpster fire that could be coming? You know, I, I don't know what candidates are left. Yeah. I mean, it's, it hasn't been announced because it's not allowed to be announced by Michigan law. There's a mandatory seven day wait, but he's the coach. Everyone knows it. It's the worst kept secret ever. Um, Second, the Harbaugh to the Chargers was old news. It was announced publicly recently, and and Moore already had his trial run. Right, he went three and zero in the gauntlet for Michigan in the hardest stretch of the regular season. But, but this is a man who's going to be head coach with a depleted team. Even though he's the one that you want to keep, you want to keep it together with him. You want to keep your recruits together. Um, you want to keep the team together. At least two major coaches from this team are gone. At least two. The head coach, which he's going to be replacing. So then you need an offensive coordinator. And the defensive coordinator and mentor is going to be gone. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to say it, Michigan fans, but he's going to be sent back to the dark ages with these NCAA violations. You know, it's just going to happen. There's writing on the wall. Michigan players, coaches, and staff, they know how to add. You could put two and two together. Shit's going to happen. And it's going to happen fast in the summer. They, but they got their national title. There's pride in the community at Michigan. They're going to try to keep it there, keep everything together somewhat with Sharon. And it's his job 
it's just going to be damn near impossible when he's got it. Because being the head coach and the offense and the offensive coordinator are two different things. This is a big time program with big time respect across the nation. So it's going to be a tough job, but it's going to be his. Yeah. Yeah, I think you guys are right. I mean, look, look at him. Like you said, he went on that 3-0 run. He's already got wins against Penn State. He's got wins against Ohio State. Like, what more could you ask for as far as that goes? Now, he's 37. So here's where I'm going to caution Michigan fans. And here I'm and tell him to be patient. Like, he's 37 years old. This man is the same age as me. He's about to be running one of the most historic programs in college football. It takes a while to kind of learn how to be a coach and make right decisions and Mm-hmm. And be on top of everything. And I've yeah. talked to uh, Jamie about Dan Landing. Like, I love Dan Landing. I think he's a great freaking coach. But sometimes mm-hmm. it takes you a while to kind of get over that hump. And Buckeye fans know it, too. Like, yep. look at Ryan Day. Ryan Day like, is still doing it. Exactly. Like, it's it's hard to be a young coach with an experience. And you're going to get that with Sharon Moore. I'm going to look at some candidates outside of You're learning Sharon on the Moore. job, man. But I do yeah. think he's the man. He's going to be the hired. He's going to try to get his staff together. I mean – He's been at Michigan since 2018. He started off as a tight end coach. He's been around that program for a long time. He moved to offensive line and offensive coordinator, and then he moved to OC. I mean, he's he may not be a Michigan man as far as he went to school there. He went to Oklahoma, but this he, he's a Michigan man now. Like he's been there long enough. Yeah. You've seen his emotions. He even come said out that in the parade, in the yeah. national title parade. He's like, I want to be called a Michigan man one day. Yeah. I mean, you've seen him. Like, you see the passion. You see the heart. You've seen him cry for Jim Harbaugh. You've seen him cry for his team. Like, this dude has he, passion, I- he has energy. Now, that's going to turn some people off. But I'm just going to caution Michigan fans. Yo, man, he's a young coach. He's 37 years old. The cupboards are bare. There's potential sanctions coming. Be patient with this man. He's he's not going to have a Jim Harbaugh year, year one. Probably not they even. They had patience with Jim Harbaugh. They did. They just to. keep that, keep that mentality. Of. And but if they what's didn't, the, man. What's the uh, outlying candidates if you didn't think Sharon Moore was the man? Who y'all who y'all think? Dan Lanning. I don't yeah, think he, he turned down the he, he, job. He's yeah, not, he's not coming, but that's one that they would call for. Drinkowitz, I mean, man. Eli Drinkowitz. Drinkowitz yeah. ain't going that far we, north. We saw what the no, that draw. I would have said would be the second option. Uh here in Caleb DeBoer, but he took the Alabama job. I think that he was one of the guys that you saw as a flight risk that like, okay, he hit his pinnacle at UW and now it's time to find the next thing and get out of Dodge before that team fell apart. Like we're seeing right now, he's been picked up for Alabama. Alabama had a hard time finding their head coach when they're supposed to be like one of the top jobs in all of college football. And so I think this is what we have. We have Sharon Moore and that is your best option that's what you have. We, we've talked about this, AJ, is that Brian Kelly, a few years ago, this would have been a, a really good option for him. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Cutting his teeth over there. I don't think he leaves it. I think he's building something at LSU. I think, he's got that defensive coordinator now. Yeah, he's I mean, good. why would you, right? Like You left Notre Dame because of academics and recruiting, and then yeah. you go right back to Michigan where academics and recruiting is the same issue. It's the same place pretty much. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, so he's not he's not a flight risk, but he would have been an option, say a couple of years ago, you know for sure. Yeah, and, I mean he cut his teeth on college football in Michigan, so it, it would have made sense as far as him knowing it. But he's not leaving LSU for Michigan. No, no absolutely way. not. I think he's one of those outliers, like they called Sarkeesian, they called uh, Kirby Smart for the Alabama job. They're going to call Brian Kelly, you know, probably not because of 
Sharon Moore. I just think that it's a full-blown conclusion right there. I don't think anybody jumps into the dumpster fire that's about yeah. to be created. I got another no, question. I think the only, the only type of coaches that would would be someone like from Division II level that's winning national titles. Absolutely. Yeah. Like uh, South Dakota State's coach. Yeah. Gotcha. Jackrabbits, baby. All right. Who has a better year? Sharon Moore or Kalen DeBoer? Hit me. Better Steve. year. Uh, Kalen I DeBoer, guess. for sure. Easy. Kalen DeBoer's roster is is mainly intact in there. I think that their depth was so deep uh, that it's not going to get hurt. But I think Michigan was already set to have kind of a down year based off the talent coming in. Ohio State looking as good as they do right now. I think that Michigan's not set up for success. I think Alabama, if they were to go head to head, I think Alabama wins this year. I think Kalen yeah. DeBoer like has I a think- better shot winning. If I remember correctly, Kalen DeBoer's roster still has 64 four- or five-star players on it. Yeah, they're stacked. That's ridiculous. They're so, stacked. So, yes, them, easy. I mean, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that equation out. I know the SEC usually has the gauntlet and usually has a harder schedule, but look at Michigan's schedule next year. Oh, it's yeah, insane. it's brutal. It's, it's the <laughs> hardest schedule in college football. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, he's got Texas out the gate. like, And Texas I, is good. Yeah, no. I mean, Texas I think, is back for sure. I think both of those guys have a better situation than Jed Fish walked into, but oh, that, he, walked, that, he didn't walk into anything. He walked into a wall, maybe. Oh, my God. I think Jed Fish left a bad situation for a slightly yeah. better one. And we'll we'll get into that, I think, later in the show. But like, whew, it was. Yeah, I, I'm going to give I'm going to give the upper hand to those two. Y'all got anything to add on Sharon Moore? No, is he the guy? I, I, He's the one. When's it's, when's it going to be announced within the next seven days? Did you uh, just call him Sharon like we did after he was I, crying at Penn State? That's why. I, yeah. That's why I said that exactly. I, <laughs> no. I like the pick. I like the hire. I think it's a done deal. I yeah. nobody steps into what the situation's about to happen, and he's the only guy that can try to hold it together. I agree. Uh, unless unless for some reason the defensive coordinator Jesse Mentor would decide to stay and be head coach. Yeah. That's the only other hire I see. That's the only that's, other one. It's one of the coordinators. Yeah. The defensive w- was better than the offense and in and, and that case, but I think that he, he follows Jim Harbaugh to the NFL, like you said, Beef. So I don't, I just don't think it's an option. Brian Ferentz would be a good one. <laughs> Bring him in. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. That's a great hire. He's definitely looking for a job. All right. So we have this big man, probably the best, I wouldn't even say probably, the best coach uh, of the Big Ten departs. So let's talk about the new order. The new world order. New world order in the big. And I'm going to let Jamie go first here. Who are your top five coaches? This is tough. In the Big Ten. Now that hardball's gone. I know he gets a bad rep, but I got to start off by it's got to be Ryan Day. He's got a 56 and eight record with Jim Harbaugh leaving. Like he is the man on campus. He's got the best record. He wins the, the the right games there. Like, you're a fan of any other team, and that is stuff he's put out there. He recruited his own players well. He's brought in so much talent, and he's he's played in big games. And I got to go with Ryan Day. Next up, maybe I'm showing some favoritism here, but I got Dan Lanning. He's just done phenomenal things in, in an early career as a head coach, and I think the sky's the limit there. Uh, then I go James Franklin. I think that what he's done there with Ohio State and Michigan, the teams that they've had, James 
Oh no! Oh no! Oh damn! Really put it in there. Then I, I go. Think God just told you no. Genesis is <laughs> exactly. not number three. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hear what what's hear what four four is 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 Luke Fickle. I think he's a very talented coach. Wisconsin's usually a very competitive team, but he brings that from what he did at Cincinnati being most likely it's, it's, he's going to be the, or he's the only coach to have uh, a non power five team, make the college football playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it won't happen in the four team ever. Never. So yeah. that is freaking huge. He he's posted a 71 and 31 record overall. And then lastly, I got Lincoln Riley uh, there. I think that he's got a lot to prove. I think he's a guy who could keep moving up that list, but I want to see what he does with a defensive coordinator part of coaching is putting the right people around you and he has not had a defense. And so that's why he's, he's at number five. I think there's a lot of talented coach, the big 10, but that's my top five. I can't believe you put James Franklin in there. What is wrong with you? This yeah. man does the Gotta least slap a the bitch. most man. You yeah. talk Franklin. All right. Come on, I'm man. Come on, man. I got you. All- the only thing that you got right in my opinion was Luke Fickle at number four. Starting off with number one, man, this guy did not inherit the house that Urban Meyer built. He did it almost by himself. I mean, the cupboards weren't full or weren't depleted when he got there. I got Dan Lanning at number one just because I think it's impressive what he's done in a short amount of time. I know he hasn't reached the playoffs, but he's getting close. I mean, 10 and three in his first season, 12 and two the next season. He's building a dynasty there and it's getting better and better every year. So I got him number one. I got Ryan Day number two strictly because he was born on third base and I agree with Harbaugh on that one. And now Sharon Moore is born there too. So Day's number two, one and two in the first round of playoffs, 0 and 1 in the title game. Lincoln Riley, 0 and 3 in the playoffs. I got him at three. Luke Fickle, because of that 0 and 1 in the playoffs, but doing it with Cincinnati, I got him at four. And, man, I think I have Franklin at five, but I want to go with Matt Rule, and I don't know what to say. So I, it's a 1A, 1B situation there. Mm-hmm. But after this year, there might be a separating factor. Let's see what Rule does. I'm telling you, man, both of y'all are disappointing me, man. How's half your list going to be based on accomplishments, but you put the number one guy based on projections? What's that all about? I put the number one guy because of what he did with less. He didn't. I'm, he wasn't I'm born. You Jamie for putting James Franklin in there. Period. Then I'm knocking you, Steve, right. for ranking I, two through five based on accomplishments, but number one has no accomplishments yet. He does have accomplishments. We're talking about what, the all these people are losing in the playoffs. You want you want me to pick someone losing in the playoffs? I mean, Dan Lanning hasn't Lanny got there yet. Twice and missing out. Hey, but he won a national title as a defensive coordinator, so you got to give oh, him that. We're going to coordinator status. I like his projection. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But to me, like, you got to weigh it, right? Like, is it based off accomplishments? Is it based off projections? Of course, you got to have a mix of both. That's what Steve did. I was just trying to give him a hard time. Yeah, don't. Like, because I'm right. I think Day could be number the only one. Word. But yeah. Day also is falling apart. Maybe he was number one, but now he's kind of going down a slope. He's got to dig his way out of it. I mean, Fickle has a playoff win. He took Cincinnati to the playoffs. That's a huge thing. I think Matt Rule has been successful everywhere he goes except for the Carolina, but they was only there for a year, so they didn't give him a chance. I think he's a good candidate to be in the top five. James Franklin, he's good enough to be third place. He's consistent. Time. But now that there's four more teams, does he slide out of third place? 
That's another question. There's so many good people like Dan Lanning. Look at his culture he's building at Oregon. I mean, this dude is – he could take Oregon to places they've never been before. I mean, he was zero and two against his rivals in one season. I, I mean, that's what I just I said. I just said that to me. I'm throw it back in my face. I didn't put him number one. <laughs> I did. I I think long term, right, right. he's number one. AJ, all that shit talking. Let's hear your number five. Your one through five here. All right, I'm gonna go number one. I'm gonna go Ryan Day, and I uh, and I'm gonna go with Ryan Day for the same reasons. He's been to the national championship game. He lost. He's got some playoff wins. He's been to the playoffs. I think right now he's number one. I think people can can overtake it. I'm going to use projection here, and I'm going to put Dan Landing at number two. And the reason I put Dan Landing at two because I think the culture and the Fuck mindset. Fuck you and your projections. At, Oregon, uh, <laughs> but at least I'm going to tell you. So Dan Landing's my number two just because I believe in what he's going to do. I don't really like Lincoln Riley, but I'm going to put him at number three. I think he's overrated, but I'm not going to take away his three appearances in the playoffs. Obviously, he can coach Heisman quarterbacks, but he can't win games. He can't put a good defensive staff together. He's got. I don't like you, but you're good. <laughs> he's good at coaching quarterbacks. That's it. He's not good at coaching teams. That's my point. All right, so we got a QB coach. You're talking about his offensive quarter. Or defense. <laughs> yes, here. exactly. Like, continue that's on. part of coaching. Putting your staff together is part of coaching. What made Saban the 100%. best? That's why, staff, I put, that's why I put Lincoln Riley at five, because he can't put his staff together. If you can't put a defense out there when you have such a talented offense, how, how are you such a great head coach? You couldn't. I almost slid him down. Um, yes. Just because of this year, that seven and five season, that was atrocious. Yeah, he's been carried by quarterbacks. Well, you could say the same thing about Ryan Day, too. So yeah. I better be careful too much before I pull my number one guy out of the number one slot. But I'll go yeah, back. You better switch that around. Or put is my man on Wisconsin, Luke Fickle. He's, Who hired Riley. He's, he's the only, he's, the, he's outside of Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day, he's the only coach who's been to the playoffs. He's got to get some love yeah. and respect for that. Now he's got. He did hire Alex Grinch, though. Yeah, he should get like. Negative fifty nine points for that one. Jesus, <laughs> Alex, Alex fucking Grinch. He's gonna steal Wisconsin's Badger and take it somewhere else. Jesus, Jesus Lord. <laughs> hey, they, he put him at safeties coach, so it's it's all good. It might be and a good spot. It might be a good number hire. five. Number five for me is Matt Rule. I like Matt Rule. I I feel like he's kind of like Dan Landing. I love his culture. I love his mentality. Yeah. I love his temperament. I love he's a he's a you know a. a a player's coach. I love everything about him. I love listening to his hype videos, man. That dude can get me ready to work out in the morning. That dude's awesome. Yep. Now he's got some things to prove, some projections there. But uh, yeah, I mean, Chip Kelly, like he he almost made it for me. Yeah, I think Jonathan I Smith him. is on the rise too. Like he's another guy that I think could have been in the, maybe in the top five, maybe not with this crew, but he's got things to prove. But my worst, the worst damn coach in the big has got to be PJ Fleck. What a joke, man! Who y'all? Who do y'all got as as the worst? The worst, man! I didn't even cross my mind. I gotta yeah. go. Oh, tough. Um, go ahead, Jamie, if you got one. I don't know the the empty spot at uh, at Iowa's offensive coordinator position. Maybe that that's the. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really. I hadn't put a ton of thought into the worst. I think that you dive deep and you have to have to put a lot of thought into that one. So I'm I'm not I'm gonna. I'm going to avoid that one, honestly. I'm going Brett Bilma. I, so I think he's an okay coach. I don't think he's great, yeah. but I think he's okay. Yeah, yeah, he was okay at Wisconsin. He almost, he was, what, one field goal away from beating Michigan last year? Yeah. Just saying. Like, he's got yeah. some good moments. I, You know, and, and the problem is all those schools that have historically bad teams all have new coaches, so it's hard. Yeah, Tom Allen would have been the worst, but he's not there, so. 
And and yeah. somebody I can see climbing their way into this top five is Jed Fish if he does something at UW because of what he just did at Arizona. If if he can climb out of that that gutter that he's in right now, like then heck yeah. But speaking of Jed Fish, let's get there. Let's get to it. <laughs> we getting fishy. Let's get into it. Let's well, talk before about we get fish. into it, before we get into it, we gotta keep these lights on, man. We gotta pay some bills. You know. All get your right, light light coffee up. ready. Get your coffee light it up. And we're going to bring you a commercial. Bones Coffee, baby. Sound the alarms. Sound the alarms. Something monstrously merry is coming to town. Introducing Bones Coffee's newest batch. Inspired by the giddy ghouls of Disney Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Nice work, Bones Caddy. Rich premium coffee infused with frighteningly festive flavors. The Pumpkin King, Santa Jack, Frog's Breath, Rough Weather, and Mudslide Boogie. Can't make decisions by yourself? Order them all. Bones also makes a perfectly marvelous gift for everyone on your nice list. And your naughty list. <laughs> Click the link to get these hauntingly holly jolly flavors delivered right to your door. And it's not just for holidays. Bones has coffee concoctions for all 365 days of the year. Bones Coffee and Disney Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's terrifyingly tasty. This year, Bones Coffee will be yours! It's terrifyingly tasty, just like the Big Ten backers, baby. That mimics us. Look at that. Anyways, Jed Fish. Not only did he take over the reins, he also kept Will Rogers from going back. Well, I guess he did go back to the portal. He reeled him back in, man. Fish, he reeled him in, just like his name. But anyways, Jamie, take the lead, man. Yeah. We keep talking about this dumpster fire that he inherited over there at UW. One of the craziest aspects, all these teams leaving, there was eight quarterbacks affiliated, Will Rogers included, uh, with the UW Huskies going into the season. And they all either went to the – you got Michael Penix going to the draft. You have uh, all these kids entering the transfer portal. Their recruits all entered the transfer portal. You had the one follow uh, DeBoer, the, the four-star, go over and follow him at Alabama. They lost every one of them. At one point, they had zero QBs connected to UW. Will Rogers, in the last few days, uh, Jed Fish has solved that QB room, at least for the meantime. You had Will Rogers come back and commit to UW. So he's got his QB for this year. But then he took, from his old stomping grounds at Arizona, two uh, commits to, to Arizona. You had a four-star in Damon Williams Jr., who had already uh, enrolled there at Arizona, ended up transferring over and committing to UW. And then you also had a three-star uh, in Dash Burley uh, who f- went from a commitment to Arizona to a commitment to, to UW. So you you got your transfer QB, you got your Q- quarterback of the future, and you got your quarterback for depth. So you got three quarterbacks, which is a lot better than zero, I think huh. Fitch can start to figure out some of this. You like that math? You know, yeah. How better than zero? Three is better than nothing, right? <laughs> Mind is blown. I know. But there we are. You know, he's starting to figure out some things. Some of that dumpster fire he's starting to put out. And and uh, I like what I'm seeing out of Jet Fish, at least initially, to recruit these guys back and deal with the, 
damage that's been done there. All right, Beave, your yeah. turn. Slam on the field. Yeah, man. Huge news for Washington. The all-time leading passer in the SEC history staying in the Big Ten. Well, that's that's weird to say. Uh, college football's changed forever to have a statement like that. But, man, yeah, they lost that 6-6 transfer quarterback to Bama that you talked about uh, with DeBoer's departure, Austin Mack, which mm-hmm. surprisingly enough is the same name as an Ohio State wide receiver from a few years ago. But Jed needed this, man. He did a tremendous job recruiting uh, to keep Rodgers in the fold, man. Will Rogers, the lasso man himself, if people don't get that reference, then study some history. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, they lost Dylan Morris, they lost Will Haskell, and they and they lost Mac. So they needed this. And, and like you said, they brought in the guy from Arizona, 5'11", uh, Damian, what was his last name, Damian? Williams, yeah, uh, maybe? Uh, Damon Williams Jr. Yeah. Um, so that was good. They needed some some more room in the quarterback room. This is this is great news for him. He's got to start somewhere. He's got to build it. And at quarterback is where it starts. What better than to have a seasoned veteran like that to sling the rock around? Yeah. And there's still some quarterbacks left in the transfer portal right now that you might see, like we've talked about offline, AJ, is you're going to see people need to take some walk-on positions somewhere because they put their name in. UW's going to be a great landing spot to, to do that at because their QB mm-hmm. room is wide open. So you know who the starter is this year. We have no idea who it is next year. So it's a great spot to land, especially for these quarterbacks looking for a place to go. You know what's crazy to me is the two coaches who coached in the national championship game are no longer at their programs. There's three playoff coaches gone. Three playoff coaches are, yeah, now gone. Not only that. Three out of four. I think the sixth time in history that the national championship winning coach is not with this program the next year. It's the sixth time in history of college football. Like, that's crazy to me. But Washington, man, good hire. Like Jed Fish, he had to get this guy. Like, he had to get Will Rogers. Yep. We, you guys are choice about it. I mean, this guy, like you said, second in SEC passing yards with 12,315 yards. Fourth second, I said in first. the SEC. Uh, and touchdowns with 94 touchdowns. Like, this guy can definitely sling the rock, but I'm sorry, Husky fans. You're going to lose a shit ton of weight. You ain't Husky no more. This team, even with Will Rogers, is going to struggle in the Big Ten next year. It's not looking good. It's going to take Jed a few years to bounce back. He did, uh, and I don't even know if they – I don't think they'll ever get back to where DeBoer took them. Uh, did Old Miss just take their two offensive linemen in the transfer portal? I don't know. They're two – there was one like transfer to Alabama. I, the last I looked earlier today that they were still available. Yeah, there I was a rumor, and I don't know if that was minus the one that went to Alabama. All right. I mean, yeah, I mean the whole Joe Moore offensive line is gone. Like that whole yeah. offensive line. See ya. Every single offensive starter gone. The backups gone. Like it's <laughs> gone. It's you, you talk about the line. They were known for their offense. They have nobody left from that team. Yeah, Don't they went from Huskies to a Chihuahua, man. Oh, absolutely. And is Oregon about to take their best uh, cover corner? Is that still that's, the rumor? That's what we're hoping for. You know, we'll, and we'll get into that in the quickies. But uh, that's that's one of the things uh, yeah. I got. Talk about later. I'm, I'm hoping that the predictions there. Better, see. better not tell his mama that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jamie, are you surprised Will Rogers stuck with his commitment to Washington? 
You know, I'm not. I think a lot of the spots were taken by the other QBs. This was late in the transfer portal game. All the good places to go, and he's an elite quarterback that deserved the right place to go. I'm a little bummed for him because this is not the team he thought he was coming to when he signed. But I think this was a great fit for him at this moment and Jed Fish. He's got a coach that believes in him. Uh, he's the surefire starter there. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm not surprised that he came back. We were kind of talking about this is like, where does he go? Like, is it going to be a small school now? He's the – Yeah, it doesn't – Like, it doesn't make sense. Doesn't Oregon State need a quarterback? I, they need <laughs> a lot of things. You know, they need a division. They need a conference. They need a conference. They need a coach. They need everything. Got another yeah. question for you, B. Can Jed Fish do right by Will Rogers in the next portal opening in the spring and get him some weapons? I mean, I wouldn't put it past Jed Fish. I mean, he's look what he did with Arizona. I mean, that was a a dumpster fire there when he came in, and he left a terrible situation there to get to a slightly better situation in Washington. Washington has name brand recognition right now because of where they did what they did last year. So yeah, people will want to go there. They'll at least entertain the idea. So all he's got to do is close. I say a lot of kids, they love to go somewhere where they can start right away. And guess what? Washington is going to be a prime time area for you to do that at a prime time school. Go ahead. The biggest problem is building culture when you have a bunch of new kids. Well, I think that you look at that as far as who transfers in the spring transfer portal. It's the ones who didn't get the starting job. Guess what? Mm -hmm. Every starting position is available at UW, okay? Mm -hmm. Minus the quarterback now. I think he goes and finds the right pieces. They got the money to spend at UW. They're not spending on anybody right now. So you might as well go find the pieces around him. I think Jed Fish is going to do a great job. He's got the proven track record over at Arizona. He's going to do a good job there. I think he's going to pick up the pieces enough to compete in the Big Ten. I think he's competing between third and sixth place at best. You know. All right. But My I, question to you guys. Yeah. How long does Jed Fish last in Seattle? Three years. I give him three years. It's been – yeah, we've talked about this. He's, he's like two years is usually his max. He got three years over there. It's not like – I, I don't know. I think they're going to ha- – if they lower their expectations at UW, I think he lasts a little while. But they are fresh off winning, okay? They went to the championship. Mm-hmm. They're going to have high expectations. And so I don't, I don't know if he lasts two years there. I think maybe two years is, is what I'm looking at. All right, let's get into some other news, though. Let's go. We got butthole chin Bill O'Brien hired – by Ryan Day to take over as offensive coordinator for Ohio State. And a side note. my butt chin line. And a side note, <laughs> CJ Stroud, man, he's active in the NIL for the Buckeyes. And not only that, he sent a, he's sending a veteran to the Super Bowl. Oh, shit. I didn't read that yet. Stroud's just today. a good man. I'm going to start there. I mean, he, he like legitimately praises God for after every interview. And he means it. You can tell the difference between someone who is actually sincere about that kind of thing and someone just doing it because, you know, we're supposed to do it, right? Um, but as far as going back to the butt chin himself, Bill O'Brien, I think it was a good hire. It seems like to me, just to me, that this is a guy who is great as a college football coach, but desperately wants to be in the NFL. 
desperately wants to. He did well, you know, with um, the Texans and his, he led them to their first three in a row winning seasons. Then he got promoted to the general manager and shit kind of fell apart there. But with that Bama team, they averaged, averaged 41 points a game. They had losses to like Tennessee and Georgia and none of those were his fault. Um, he was the savior at Penn State in 2012. That easily could have ended up being a bottom feeder, bottom feeder program for a few years at least. But he saved them. They got out of it. And Mr. Butchin himself uh, deserves a pat on the back. I think he'll do well at Ohio State. What you got, Jamie? What do you think about Bill O. Butchin? I think I'm a big fan of this this hire. You, just you like the Butchin. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. But his, uh, you just spoke so much of his resume. He is has a stacked resume. Uh, he's a big reason why you guys just got the five star quarterback uh, coming to you. I saying, yeah, he, yeah, oh yeah, just saying without saying it, you know, yeah, without saying his name, <laughs> man. Um, but that's huge. I mean. He is a guy that Ryan Day can let go of some of the reins there and let him call some offense. I think they're a better team, and they need that. They, that was one of their struggles was an offensive coordinator. It's offensive line, offensive quarter, coordinator, and quarterback play. I think they've solved the quarterback issue. I think they've solved the offensive coordinator issue, and now we're looking at an offensive line is what you're mm-hmm. hoping to, to get better. I, I think it was a solid hire. I think he's either somebody to blame blame it on for Ryan Day or to take over for Ryan Day if he gets fired. But I I see it as a good hire. You guys talked about all the places he's been and he saved Penn State. And, you know, it wasn't his fault he lost at Alabama. And, you know, he coached with Bill Belichick. I agree. I think it's a good hire. But I'm going to tell you why it's a good hire because I think everybody on that offensive staff is afraid to get in people's asses. And I don't think Bill O'Brien is because he picks his all the damn time. He's all the way up in his ass. Why not he, Why not be up with those quarterbacks' asses? I feel like Ryan Day, I don't want to call him soft because I don't want to get cussed out uh, after a Notre I Dame I want game. some butts and I want them now. <laughs> but I think Ryan Day's a little bit nose to the grindstone nose-in-the-book type coordinator. You need a Bill O'Brien type that I think has been missing since Urban Meyer left Ohio State. He is a no-nonsense, get-in-your-face, get-in-your-grill, and let you know what you're doing wrong. And I think the offense has missed that. You can tell that with the offensive line blocking. You can tell that with the wide receiver blocking. You can see that with the quarterback. Even C.J. Stroud, as good as he was, he's still kind of a quiet leader and not a vocal mm-hmm. leader. So I think we they've missed that for quite a while, and I think Bill O'Brien brings that. Plus – like you said, you guys said, you know, he's been he's got all kinds of coaching experience. He's been so many different places. He's been in the NFL. He's done some good things. He's done some bad things. I don't believe him as an offensive play caller, but I think Ryan Day is going to help him uh, along with that. But I think you need his mentality, his his fireness, his I'm going to cuss Brady out for telling telling me how to do my job. Like I think you need that kind of guy on offense. Yeah. I think Ryan Day needed a partner on third base. You know, this is a guy who has lived on third base himself. He's been a part of some of the, like, along with the greatest coaches to ever coach the game. And Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, they've won so many championships and Super Bowls. How many did Bill O'Brien get while he was with them? Not one, okay? Eight seasons he spent with both those coaches total. Zero Super Bowls, zero national championships. Same as Oregon, right? 
Yeah, we're up there. You know, that's his next place. Once he gets fired from Ohio State, we'll take another guy to get us to zero championships. But I think I think it's a great hire. But I, I do think he's a man who's also been stuck on third base. Maybe with a friendship there, they can get each other home. Yeah, yeah. you can say third base all you want, but what he did at Penn State with lack of scholarships, keeping them afloat, I mean, it's nothing short of a miracle. Yeah. He might have been born on third base, I think, once he got to third base, and, and that's what yeah. you see. But this dude's a grinder. Like, he didn't yeah. he didn't take he didn't take over for Bill Belichick in the prime and, and become the head coach. Like, he had to build the Texans up. He went to Penn State when they got pretty much the death penalty and was still recruiting. Yeah. He still got a top-end quarterback. I don't think he was born on third base at all. I think he's had some struggles. I think sometimes he probably believes himself too much when he's on first base and he thinks he's on third. I think is probably maybe a better analogy. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you can see his recruiting prowess. Like, he gets there in three days and they pull in the number one quarterback out of the portal and for that Make class. us some money. Like, you can tell the dude knows what he's doing. There's a reason why Bill Belichick hires you twice. There's a reason why Nick Saban calls, but he's still not perfect. Yeah. Y'all got anything else to add, or we're gonna we're gonna pay some more light bills. Yo, bro, make us some money. All let's right, go. let's go. It's time to get spicy. Time to get spicy up in the comments. We haven't got a comment in a while. Y'all need to help us out. Come on now. Yum, yum, Seasoning, food's favorite flavor. Yum, yum, get you some. I'm Joe Burrito, your favorite burrito. Whoa, whoa. Joe, hey. we all know you're the best. What? You can always do better. Try the new Dano's Hot Chipotle. Hey. Ooh, that's spicy. Yum, yum. Yum, yum, get you some. Is it just me or did that burrito get injured doing that commercial? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> definitely wasn't winning a Super Bowl. No, definitely not. All right, it's time for the Big Ten Backers Best Quickies. This is a little bit of rapid fire. We all, we all kind of talk about our own little subject. I'm going to get started here. Purdue grabs the number six cornerback out of class 2025. How does that happen? What's going on in Purdue, man? I see you, Coach Walters. I see you. I see you pulling in these top cornerbacks. Man, what a surprise for Purdue. And the legend the girl who brings you college basketball and put it on the map, Caitlin Clark. Did she flop? Did she pull a LeBron James? I will play a video. Court? Sorry about the audio. It might suck, but we'll walk you through it. But we won't play the play repeatedly. Look at this. Boom. Let's rewind that. She's again. writing her vision, man. Ah. This is a D1 college basketball player. If you want to get out of the way, you talk about someone who has good peripheral vision. They know when the picks are coming. She could have got out of the way, man. That was a total flop. That was right in her vision line. She twi- she pushed, twisted, and then fell, and then like 20 people came to her rescue. She definitely flopped. Did a little silhouette. Oh! Someone put on my Cinderella shoe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... We got Chip Kelly. He's rumored again to be possibly headed to to the NFL, this time as an offensive coordinator. Uh, I'm hearing that uh, they're looking at Dan Quinn at the Seahawks to be the next head coach, and they're trying to pair Chip Kelly with him. So that would be the most likely destination there is for the Seahawks. If he jumps ship, I guess we'll be having another topic to talk about for UCLA. 
Brett Billima found his next donut. I mean, his next assistant. I'm sorry. Uh, Illinois so coach David Gibbs. All right. Kurt Signetti, man. I like this guy. I really enjoy what he started to do in Indiana. But man, talk about killing your old school. JMU is losing not only their defensive coordinator, but now Mike Shanahan, not the Shanahan you think, as the offensive coordinator from Indiana. He averaged 430 yards last year in the Sun Belt. In his three seasons as offensive coordinator, he had a quarterback that was either Sun Belt player of the year or offensive player of the year every time. Yeah, well, we got uh, we got Iowa here. It doesn't look like they're going to be shelling out a bunch of money for the next offensive coordinator. They're trying to shake the the family tree to find the next one. <laughs> I I don't know what's going on in Iowa. We know what the fix is. They're looking possibly higher from within. Like that's a great idea. Nobody on that team knows how to play offense. So let's get somebody from the outside. Let's spend the money. Let's have them compete in the Big Ten. But did, it doesn't look did, like. Did that. you say Iowa? Yeah. Did you say, I, speaking of Iowa, you know they like to gamble, right, in Iowa? Sorry, I had to jump ship here. I got to add one. <laughs> All right. Kayshawn Boutte had 8,900 bets, and his Boutte is in trouble now. Just <laughs> betting on LSU, man. Wide receiver from LSU now with the Patriots is He should have known that was a losing bet. Come on. Yeah. All right, we got an Iowa fan in the chat. We're talking Iowa. So let's hit this Iowa fans chat. He says, I'm excited. Oregon, UCLA, USC, and Washington to the big go Hawks. Man, we love the Hawkeyes. I was out there for a couple of games, seen them twice this year. Uh, I'm a, I'm love a the wave, myself, baby. I still like the Hawkeyes, man. And he I says, also, I'm excited. We, Iowa, got a new AD, and she fired Brian. She sure did. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I actually like her, man. I think she's going to be a freaking yeah. awesome AD. Like she came in throwing punches out the gates. He said, I'm guessing y'all don't like the Hawks. You're wrong. Oh, yeah, we do. There's you nothing know, like, like Kinnick Stadium, man. Johnson. But I love the fans, man. You got y'all tailgate like I have never seen. Uh, Kinnick Stadium uh, is l- the most underrated stadium in the nation, I think. And he says uh, we they Zero. hired a guy for OC. I haven't seen that. So if you're still oh. looking, man, let us know who it is in the chat. We'll, we'll Look him up. Let us know. We don't know that name yet. We had former Maryland wide receiver, Big Mouth, Stefan Diggs. He he should be a little more jug time, a little less mouth time because he cost <laughs> Buffalo the game, man. He went from one of the hottest wide receivers in the NFL to being an unproductive, pass-dropping clown. Damn it. Glad he didn't go to Ohio State now. Anyway. Michigan State hitting the recruiting trail, snagging a visit from Auburn commit for 2024, Dimitri Nicholas. Ah, I got to give it to him. At least they're trying, Jonathan Smith. You just got to close the deal, buddy. When he gets to town in East Lansing, lock it up. Yeah, well, we got the Ducks that are they're hot on the road of recruiting still. They, they currently have the number five class. But like we talked about earlier, you had the number one cornerback in the transfer portal in Jabbar Muhammad. He was early picked to go to Texas. He's from Texas. His cousin's on Texas. He took a visit there. He still took another visit to Alabama and he talked highly of it, but somehow, some way 
he hasn't had his visit yet. It's supposed to be coming to Oregon, but he's already getting predictions that he's coming to Oregon from some top name guys there. You had Dan Lanning, uh, you had Tosh Lapoy, you had Chris Hampton all show up, uh, show up there to recruit him in his house. And I think he's he's coming to Oregon there. But then you also got the number one receiver left in the 2024 class in Gatlin Bear, who had been always that he said, I'm I'm either Michigan or I'm Oregon. One of his uh, quotes from the Under Armour All-American game, or not the Under the Army All-American game there, he uh, he said, it's going to come down, quote him here, it said, a lot will come down to what Harbaugh does. And so that in its way tells me Whoops. he's in Oregon, and he just recently picked up his fifth star. So Oregon's hot on it, and, and I'm excited what's coming there. Huh. Not hired, the offensive yeah, not hired. They're, they're definitely working it out. But I'm going to talk about Northwestern for the two fans that might exist in the world. The construction crews have arrived. They are taking down Ryan Stadium to build the new Ryan Field. I'm excited. That stadium been there maybe three Take or four Take that shithole down. <laughs> that thing has been long past due to be made into a new stadium because, wow, we don't know where they're going to play at next year, but that stadium is about to be gone. And thank God. Get it the fuck out of here. That was the worst stadium in the Big Ten. Speaking of stadiums, Penn State hit the second largest average attendance record in their history for 2023, 108,409 fans per game. The only season that was better than that, 2007, which averaged 508 more fans per game. Right. Damn. Let's hit one more comment. Tyler's still in the chat. He's excited about Caden back home. Yeah, man, that was a oh, big yeah. hit. Huge like, pickup. Huge. We talked about this on last week's episode, but you're talking about a huge. left tackle who's huge. And then Mama's also, boy. like who who starts as a freshman at that left tackle? And not only does that happen, he does Alabama. it at Alabama. Like this dude is a monster. I mean, you know, Iowa just breeds offensive linemen. They coach offensive linemen like crazy. There's one thing Brian can do. Can't coach an offense, but he can coach offensive linemen. And there's plenty of them in Iowa. And this guy might be the best of them. Starting left tackle at Alabama as a freshman. Like, good Lord, man. He's already all Big Ten. Yeah, He's forget good. about it. But I think that is the show, boys. Unless you guys got anything you want to talk about. All right, peace B. out. I'm out of here, Jamie, man. Thank you all again for being here and helping put this show together. Love you guys. Uh, but, yeah, man, get us on out of here. Hey, man, I'm just glad I still have my voice. Uh, earlier this week, I didn't. It came back just in time for the show. And I made it through. Hell yeah. Thank you all for coming. Thanks for the comments, y'all. And join us, Big Ten backers. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, AJ. Hey, y'all have a good one. Until next week, the Big Ten backers are out. God bless. God bless. We're out. On the College Football Dogs website, you'll find a main page that features some of our biggest and newest stories. Our conference pages for content related to your favorite team's conference. Our team store, where we have products that are available all year long, as well as gear available for a limited time only. Our podcast page, where you can see when one of the 12-plus College Football Dogs podcasts is streaming live on social media. Our subscription page, where you can join our Discord. 
If you're interested in becoming a contributor at College Football Dogs, email us at info at collegefootballdogs.com. If you enjoy any College Football Dogs content, we really do appreciate 